0: You're listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network.
1: Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our on our offense. Come and tackle, you take the defensive he's over him
2: if you attack, him. you drive
3: down the first man who is inside. You pull back and come
1: him. take the first man outside the offense. Him. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this If the YN has the linebacker taken out, comes inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're we'll trying to get is a seal here and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.
3: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay. Guys, it's officially Bears week. Is anybody else excited? Oh my Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a touch, right? Just a touch. Just a I know the, chat's, the chat's filling up here. We got Cheesehead Murph in the house. We've got Eric Sutherland in here, M. Smitty, the whole gang is uh is in town i'll tell you what this week is going to be absolutely awesome just prepping for the very first game of the 2023 green bay packers season there's so much to dive into i don't even know where to start really but what we thought we would do and this was kind of jacob's idea what's up larry appreciate you dropping through um we're just going to kind of start to dig into the packers versus the bears and you guys have seen plenty of information already dropping you've you're seeing it's funny if you had looked at it Two months ago, Jacob, you would think everybody, everybody is on the Bears, right? That's what you would be thinking. That okay, the Bears are gonna run away with it. I mean, my goodness, Justin Fields is an MVP candidate. And then if you look up this past week, the last seven days, it is completely flipped, is it not? And I think we're yeah, having I mean, technical difficulties. I, think it has. I know level. that the
1: uh, last time I looked at
3: it. Go ahead, Jacob. There's a delay. It's cool. It's working.
1: Yeah. Uh, last time I looked at the, uh, like the DraftKings or whatever, I still think the bears are minus one favorite per se right now, but I don't know, man. I just, to me, that's, that's an easy bet for me. I just, uh, I don't see it. Like, I know it's in Chicago. I know there's a lot of variables there, but I just really think that this team is going to come in there and put a hurting on the bears.
3: Gotcha. Tim, how are you seeing it, man? So far, I mean, obviously the, uh, I don't know, the momentum shifted a little bit, I believe, as far as, you know, I know that the the betting line we'll talk about here in a minute and how the money is kind of shifting a bit. But how are you seeing this Packers-Bears just on the surface?
0: Uh, I'm with Jacob 100%. I think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to use the word blowout, but I'd love to see it. Um, (laughs) I feel pretty uh, confident in our squad going in there uh, week one. And yeah, more so now in the last uh, week or so. Um, Just it seems that there's a lot of things just, issues that are popping up, uh, for Chicago. I put myself through the ringer getting ready for the show. And I actually spent some time on bears.com doing a little, uh, doing a little research and, uh, you know, they've got some issues. So I, I mean, you know, the, the line's yeah. going to be what it is, but I think, I think the Packers can come away with the dub week one.
3: Yeah. I don't think it's uh it's going to be a blowout in any regard, in my opinion, but I just, I think it's hilarious how, you know, like I said, Couple weeks ago, two, three, four weeks ago, it was just what are the what are the Packers going to do? Two, three, four, and Justin Fields is just absolutely dominant, right? So here we sit now, and it's uh, all of a sudden it seems like everything's changed. And Mitch, of course, in the chat says the line moved from Bears minus one and a half to even in three days, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what's going on there. Pretty wild stuff. I know, Jacob, you're having a few little uh, technical difficulties there. Hopefully, there's not too much of a delay. But uh, let's go ahead and. uh, Let's, let's try to dive into it. I got a little little uh, surprise for you guys. I'm going to share my screen here. And this right here is from PFF, and we're going to kind of look at the game summary. I'm sure you guys can see this. It may be a little bit blurry. I apologize if it is, but we're just going to kind of hit on some of the key statistics here. First of all, like they had mentioned in the chat there with the spread, you know, it opened up at minus two and a half. In some cases, some bookies had it at minus three. And now we're all the way down to Chicago minus 0.5. OK, so you can kind of see how it shifted. We always talk about you typically get a three point uh, home field advantage, you know, when it comes to the spread. And, and in this case, it seems as if uh, it's it's kind of falling apart for the Bears as far as the uh, the line goes. What not you say, Jacob?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised about that. Like I said, um,
3: <clears throat> can you hear me good? It's, it's a little faint. You can turn it up a little bit if you want, but there's a little bit of a delay, too. I don't know what's going on. We're, we're running into a few little difficulties. It's all right, though. Go ahead.
1: I mean, the first thing that kind of jumped off the page there was the quarterback comparison. Looking at Jordan Love's PFF grade is 78.7. Justin Fields has a decent grade at 70.2, but I really don't feel like that that gives him justice, because we saw those passes. Um, a lot of people are really trying to brag on Justin Fields. He he literally had like an air yard total, of like negative three <laughs> yards that went for an insane amount of yards and touchdowns. So I, I think it's just we need to pump the brakes. If you're if you're a Chicago fan, you know, you need to pump the brakes and just actually see what he looks like when he's a drop back quarterback and has some pressure on him. So I I I'd probably pump the brakes from a Chicago fan.
3: Yeah, same here. What about you, Tim?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I would pump the brakes, too, if I was a Chicago fan. But there'd be a lot of things I'd do if I was a Chicago fan, <laughs> none, none of which I'm going to share with on the air tonight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't know why they were so confident um, before. And now I really see why, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, other than being homers and being, you know, diehard fans of their team, I guess I can understand why Bears fans are, are high on the Bears every year. Uh, I can respect that to to a certain extent but ignorance is bliss. Uh they they they're confident in a lot of areas that I don't think they should be. So
3: yeah, you know, it it's funny Ryan talks about it all the time when you get into the off season, all of a sudden all the problems are fixed and then as you close in on the season the second thing's go awry, they they tend to i don't want to say jump ship but then it turns into okay it's this guy's fault it's that guy's fault and it's yeah. never been justin fields' fault which we know justin fields is an elite runner right we know that we we know he, he 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 may go down as the greatest rushing quarterback in the history of the game i mean he was that good last year with a with an elite pff grade run of the football but he was horrendous so, throwing. Yeah. and when you look at the preseason too when you look at the preseason and, and how he played you've now seen j t o sullivan Right. You've seen J2 O'Sullivan break down his tape and you've also seen uh, Kurt Warner break down his tape. And both of them are like, I don't know, man. There's just a, a lot le- uh, leaving a lot to be desired there for sure. When we look at the PFF breakdown here, Tim, um, I'm going to go I'm going to pop it over to the lineup screen in here. You can see that, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's do this. Let's let's first talk about the, the uh, Chicago Bears offense. So we're going to start with 11 personnel. And um, when it comes to 11 personnel, let's go ahead and trigger our nickel defense, which we will most likely play if we're not playing a big nickel. When you look at the matchups across the board, what I want you to ignore is Van Ness here at right outside linebacker. I don't know why they plugged him in there. I personally believe that Preston Smith will still be the outside linebacker in our nickel 245 defense when they're in their 11 personnel. That's just me personally. Now, that I may be proven wrong. Maybe they have inside information. I have a hard time believing it. But regardless, when you look at the matchups across the board here, Tim, it, I, I love how PFF does this because, OK, this is the Chicago Bears offense and their 11 personnel against our nickel. And it really, especially the color coded aspect of the PFF grades, everything really pops off the screen and shows you, OK, where are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? And when you look at it, the first thing that pops out to me is that offensive line for the Chicago Bears. And the reason it looks so weak in that regard is real simple. You know, they're going to be without their starting left uh, left guard. What was his name? Tevin – drawing a blank on the last name. Tevin Jenkins, right? Tevin Had Jenkins. an 80.7 PFF grade last year. So when you look at that, like, the way I would attack this front is center and left guard the center of 55.9, that's Lucas Patrick, and then, of course, Whitehair at a 65.9. What I would be looking to do, and we'll talk about it here in a little more detail, is you want someone really challenging the outside shoulder of that left guard. Now, you've got to play within your scheme and understanding that they're going to be running some zone read, some read option. You've got to account for the fact that Justin Fields can run with the football because we know his passing grade is horrendous. So when you look at it from the offensive line standpoint, what's that? All right, sorry Jacob. I barely heard you say something there, man. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm assuming that was Jacob that was talking. But uh, when you when you look at how you're going to attack this offensive line, you're going to attack it through the uh, the A to B gap on the left side. That's what you're going to be looking to do, right? And and what I would like to see is Kenny Clark lined up in that three technique off the left guard on the outside shoulder of the left guard. Of course, if TJ Slayton continues to play at the level he has here in the preseason, we have no problem keeping him in at nose. In that nickel 2-4-5 with a little bit of a rotation of Devontae White, but what do you think about the front seven, Tim? When we look at it this way,
0: uh, I think the Bears are going to have their hands full, e- either way about it. Um, you know, interior offensive line for them is clearly a big, big issue. If I see, it seems like the Bears, like you know, on paper, they could probably be okay with their run game. You know, as an offensive line, maybe. And and I say okay, not great or good, but I don't see them protecting their quarterback. I think uh, I think our front is going to have a field day, honestly. And maybe I'm overconfident, but that's the way I see it, man.
3: Yeah, I do too, man. And really, that's where games are winning, one and losses right up there on the front. Uh, we got Nate the Great in the chat. What's up, Nate? Let's see here. Um, Want to go to this comment right here? This is John Schmidt uh YouTube member, member of the PTA posse here. He said, Kyle Brandt was on rich Eisen and picked the bears at 13 and four this year. Does no one remember this team had the number one pick? Well, I'll tell you this, John, Kyle Brandt is a lifelong Chicago bears fan, right? So <laughs> that, ex- that tells you everything you need. It's like Adam rank, Adam rank every single year. He's got the bears pick to have this great year. And then all of a sudden it doesn't come to fruition. And you never hear from them again until the next year when they pick them to do great again. Um, Zane in the chat says, go, pack, go. And this is a good question here. Uh, Marbley says, does Ja follow Moore all game? If you're asking me what I would do, I would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry, DJ Moore isn't that big of a threat. Now, can he make plays? Yes, he can make plays. His PFF grade, as you can see right here, Tim, is a 73.9. And, um, you know, he's, he's hands down their best wide receiver, according to PFF. But when you look at what you're wanting to do schematically when it comes to playing the Bears, I know people, and, I, and I'm not suggesting this is what you're saying, Marbley, but a lot of Packer fans are going, we need to play man coverage. We need Ja covering DJ Moore and following him everywhere. The worst thing you can do against a scrambling quarterback, Tim, is play man coverage. When you turn your back to a scrambling quarterback, especially if you're going to play a two-high shell, if you end up playing you know what they call cover five or a two-man under, I'm telling you right now, it was, it's it's going to be. It, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage that you don't need to. You always want to, in my opinion, when you're playing a, a scrambling quarterback, you want to try to lean on zone defense. So your your defenders are always facing the line of scrimmage. You're always facing the quarterback. You've always got eyes on that scrambling quarterback. Do you see that different, Tim?
0: No, not really. I I totally get where you're coming from, and you know you're right about DJ Moore. I mean he he's a guy that that can find a way to get open and he can be a yards after catch guy. But again, this is assuming he's got a passing quarterback throwing him the ball with some (laughs) success. So, um, and I would agree same thing, you know, it's, it's one thing to want to see your best corner on the, on their best receiver. And, you know, situationally we may see a little man here and there, but I think this overall encompassing, blanket approach of let's just let's just play a ton of man I, I agree that plays right into their hands uh when you got a running quarterback like that especially when you have issues you know their their line has issues with pass pros so uh, i'm assuming this is going to be one of those deals where they're going to we're going to see a lot been... of shotgun and we're going to see uh you know fields basically catching this ball and looking to run mm-hmm. so yeah. you know I don't yeah. want to play right into their hands. I I agree,
3: right? Hey Jacob, I, I don't know if you're trying to talk. We keep getting a little bit of feedback there. Um, try to say something. Try to kill your camera too, see if that helps with the internet connection. That may do something there. We can just go audio only if you can hear us. Go ahead and talk.
1: Uh, it's a little bit of a test here. I'm seeing <laughs> you guys.
3: Yeah, yeah, man, you're. Uh, it's on my you're end. You're lagging, right,
1: guys? Uh, gotcha. power went out.
3: got it. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, just uh, just holler at us if the connection gets a little bit better there, Jacob. All right, so Jacob's got some technical difficulties. He said the power went out up that way, so that wow. sucks. Gonna miss our, yeah. gonna
0: miss our it's been windy what? It's been really windy over here, like yeah. the whole state of Wisconsin, so it's just crazy.
3: Gotcha. We'll muscle through here without our boy. Um, let's see. So, yeah, when it comes to the question that you asked there, Marbly, um, you know, I, I would definitely I would want to, them to lean on zone defense personally. I don't I don't want him I don't want Ja following DJ Moore. I don't think he is he is one of those guys that you've got to you know shadow your number one corner on. Um, can he make plays? He can. He's very dynamic. Um, again, when the when the Packers were rumored to be trading for him last year, you know they were in the hunt for that. I was going no 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 please don't do that because I I personally felt like the Chicago Bears overpaid for him. That's just me personally. You know, so that's kind of how. Um, I see that. Let's see what else we got here in the chat. Um, Eric Sutherland seems to disagree. I'm sorry, agree. Moore is overrated besides that. Fields is going to be busy running for his life, especially if mm-hmm. Rashawn Gary is uh, is active and, and healthy. That's for sure, Eric. I'm looking really forward to seeing Rashawn Gary out there. It sounds like they're going to have him on a snap count. Did you hear the same thing, Tim? I believe I read online they're going to have Gary on a snap count.
0: Yeah. And I think Jacob said that the other night too, uh, a few nights ago when we were on that Lafleur actually mentioned that basically he was going to be a go, but they're going to have him on a, he used the term pitch count, pitch count, snap count. we know what that means, Um, which I think is the right move. I'm sure if we, if we left it up to Bain Gary, he would be ready to start and play 61 snaps and, (laughs) you know, and just get right into it. But, uh, I think we do need to kind of ease him, ease him along. And plus, like you said, we have depth. So yeah, Gary being out there will make it interesting, but uh, I'm a big fan of the zone approach and maybe not a lot of pressure for Justin Fields early. Maybe a lot of let him, make him stand there and, and make decisions with the football, with his arm and not his legs would be yeah. kind of my game plan.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's actually <clears throat> what gray matter 2006 says need to make the bears try to throw the ball I completely agree it's actually in my notes i'm going to give you guys kind of an offensive game plan approach and a defensive game plan approach before we wrap up and just some keys to that i think that, that really needs to be focused on in order to come out with a, a significant win uh down there in chicago we got elevated shine in the chat says go pat go what's up elevated thanks for dropping through
0: Prison uh, Mike. Right
3: yeah yeah exactly Exactly, prison, my my man. Let's get let's hit it once you want to.
0: The way we talk in the clink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it. All right, let's see. Um, Zane in the chat said, "How much? How much TD J Love throws in week one?" I guess he's saying how many TDs did J Love throw in week one? I'm going with three. I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, they play a lot of zone. I don't think you're going to see the scrambling version of J Love much. I think if they're smart, what the Packers would do is we look at this diagram a little bit deeper. I'm going to go full screen with it here for a minute. Tim, let me uh, take that off there. Thanks for the chat there, Zane. And um, when you look at their score here, the thing that stands out to me, I'm, n- I'm now going to switch over, okay? And we're going to put Chicago on defense and Green Bay on offense, okay? Now, we're going to have them in nickel and us and our 11 personnel. The thing that pops off the screen here to me, Tim, is if you look at the left side of the line, ironically, right, we talked about attacking the left side of the line for the Bears, especially interior-wise, attacking their guard and their center. But if you look at our left side of the line, What do we have? We've got David Bakhtiari, if he's healthy. I mean, last year was an off year. We all know that. He was still recovering from the ACL. So was Elton Jenkins. But still, they're hands down our best two offensive linemen at a 79.8 and a 72.3. Now look on the defensive side of the ball up here, what you have. You've got edge defender Green at a 62.4, and you've got Jones, their interior defensive lineman, their number 93, a 45.8. What I would be screaming is, let's attack the left side of that offensive line. Now what you want to do is slide over to the secondary on that side of the ball, right? Look at what you've got. In the nickel, you've got their, their cornerback, Gordon, 49.8, and then their corner on that side. Now, granted, they could put the rookie, Stevenson, over there. That's definitely possible, but they got the, the, uh, the corner, Johnson, at 62.9. So when you look at that matchup, if you do go slot left, which we like to do a lot in that doubles on eleven personnel, you've got Musgrave, uh, you know, in the Y on the right side of the uh, the formation. So it'd be strong right doubles with your slot left. I love the idea. Of attacking the left side of that defense, Tim, especially with those low PFF grades, both you could do it. You can do it inside, and you can do it outside. But if you start stretching that defense with outside zone to the left, yes, you have strong linebacker play. I know a lot of people like to bash their linebackers that they signed, but they do have good, uh, good linebackers at the second level. They got TJ Edwards, obviously his defensive grade was an eighty-one point six, and then of course you got um, Edmonds who came over from from Buffalo, and his is an 81.9. Now, when you look at what they do well, Tremaine Edmonds was a 90.0 in coverage grade, but his run defense was a 60.1. So, okay, when you're talking about us running the rock, now the run defense grade for T.J. Edwards was a 79.0, not bad. But, again, that front, I think we can really attack. You may even see some duo left, him as far as attacking in the running game. But you see what what I'm seeing on that left side, how you see that weak spot over there?
0: absolutely absolutely and i love this i love being able to see it on the screen like this too brings it brings it to life major yeah.
3: it really does the color code helps me a lot man yeah. i'm telling you when, you, when you're when when you're dumber than a rock like me i need colors to, to flash it's just the way <laughs> it is we, we got eric sutherland in the chat said jacob stop selling your neighbor's wi-fi it's garbage <laughs> oh my god let's see here um John Schmidt in the chat says, do they play zone with Quay as spy most of the game then? I think what you're going to see, John, I think you're going to see a lot of quarters coverage. I want them to play with a heavy box. Um, Not that you're going to see quarters coverage, but I want them to play with a heavy box and yeah, you can play that double rat. We played double rat a lot last year. And basically with double rat, your, your inside linebackers are just playing kind of a drop zone across the middle. Right. And, and yes, they're going to cover the flats, but um, it's, it's one of those priority things. And like we talk about, when you talk about zone match, it's if, and then if they do this, then we do that. Right. And uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of double rat And with that double rat Quay comes along as a spy. Devondre, being, you know, two quays left, and from the offense's perspective, uh, to the right is typically going to have his hands full. Whether if you're in 12 personnel, you're going to have kind of that tight end bunch on that side of the field. If you're in 11 and they try to attack the flat, whether it's with the halfback or the tight end in a little, uh, you know, a little flat spot concept, then Devondre is going to have a little more responsibility covering that flat. And that's going to free Quay up. We know Quay, in my opinion, is more athletic than Devondre Campbell. So I want Quay's attention really being on Justin Fields. And again, man, I I want them to test Justin Fields' arm. That's that's where I think you win this game, Tim.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot with him, too, is, you know, we're – I feel like we're blessed with our young quarterback in his decision-making ability. And that's always been one of the things with fields that at least from the outside, looking in, I've always noticed about him is, you know, being good under pressure and spinning out, running out, creating with your feet is great, but it's like, you know, when he's got to make those split second decisions, throwing the ball, that's when we get the picks. That's when we get the, uh, tip balls at the line. That's when we get, uh, mistakes you know you always talk about that it's not necessarily about getting sacks it's about creating pressures or or putting putting that offense in a position where they're going to make you know some mistakes so i i agree man i i really do i would like to see him have to throw the ball as much as possible um you know i don't know how do you feel about his deep ball you know because there there have been deep balls i've seen him throw that look incredible and then i've seen the majority of them that look like, you know, interceptions waiting to happen. Uh, I just wonder with our, you know, our back end, our safety group, you know, getting over the top, if that is something that's a concern with him throwing.
3: Yeah, I think I think the main thing you want to focus on there is is just keeping everything in front of you. And it's actually in my defensive game plan. As a matter of fact, I'll just jump into it and we'll keep this pulled up and lean on it a bit too. You know, what I would like to see them doing is is basically playing a little more big nickel, right? I would like to see them play a little more big nickel as opposed to traditional nickel. Play with a heavy box. Be patient against the zone read. That's If you guys will remember last year, and, and when you talk about the deep ball, Tim, if you'll remember when they were in Chicago last year, ja Rule or ja Rule, listen to me, Jair, <laughs> Jair got beat deep. But it was because he bit underneath, and you can immediately tell that he, he screwed up his assignment. It's one of – you know, countless times last year where people were absolutely bashing Joe Barry. And I kept looking up and saying, guys, listen, this is, that was not on Joe Barry. That was a, that was a defensive flaw. That was a, that was a player mistake there. When job bit inside, you can immediately tell that he turned his back and ran, right? And when he turned his back and ran, he realized, crap, I had, I had a deep, deep responsibility there, right? So the only play I can think of where they beat us deep was a mental mistake by Jair Alexander, right? So I'm really not so concerned about it. And the main reason I'm not concerned is because we're going to play with that too high shell. Now on those obvious running downs, let's load the box. Like we said, play with a heavy box, probably see a little more big nickel. And then, be patient against the zone read that where they did burn us. If you'll remember is when they ran the read option and he broke like three tackles right. and took it for six. So if you, if you X that out of the equation, by the way, it was, if I remember correctly, it was Darnell Savage, Russell Douglas and Adrian Amos all missed on that tackle. Might've been Quay in there as well. I can't remember exactly, but again, that was just players missing tackles. Um You know, when I look at it schematically, I didn't look up Tim and say, Well, crap, they just out-coached us there. I looked up and said, those guys have got to wrap up there, man. And you got to know where your help is. You know, if you know you've got help on the inside, then you got to fire that tackle at the outside hip, force him into the teeth of the defense. There was just times, especially with Adrian Amos last year, and I'm not saying this because he's now gone. You know, the truth is the truth. It was just like, man – that was horrible technique on the tackling. Eric Sutherland in the chat said, if we can get 20 snaps out of Gary, that would be great. That's what's nice about having so much depth on the outside. Absolutely. What I would like to see, Eric, is us jump out to a nice little lead. That way we can set Gary after that, maybe that 20 snaps or whatever the snap count is. Let's see if we can put this thing away early and not have to lean on him too much, that would be uh, absolutely great. So uh, another one we got Mastermind in the chat says, Packers fan from Jamaica. That's what I'm talking about, man. Right. If the defense can't stop the run, then it's going to be a long season. Defense need to play like psychopaths. Yeah, but you, you also got to understand, Mastermind, that the way the league is gone now, uh, Kansas City is notorious for this. I mention it on the pod all the time. A lot of these NFL defenses are willing to give up the run now to prevent those explosive plays in the passing game. Right. And it's give and take. It's very much so give and take. The the good thing about the Packers last year, once you got to third down, they seemed to play well. The problem was we were giving up, what was it? Was it like six or seven yards per carry on first down, Tim? It was something crazy yeah. like
0: that, right? Terrible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember Definitely. that vividly. <laughs>
3: yep. Let's see here. My uh Mitch in the chat says, uh I always stop quarterbacks like Fields were the reason they drafted Walker. Yeah, that and you You had a lot of these teams, Mitch. They were, they were starting to go to the outside zone scheme, the Kyle Shanahan scheme, which is exactly what they run there with Luke Getsy. You know, Luke Getsy used to be with the Green Bay Packers. Um, That's what you call an outside zone boot, right? Now you've got different variations, different versions of it. You know, like Lafleur's system, it leans on heavy eleven personnel, much like Sean McVay does. It's still outside, you know, outside zone boot, um, West Coast boot. Uh, There's a lot of different. Names for it, but I think that that had a lot to play with it too. Is that you wanted those athletic, those athletic linebackers where you could run sideline to sideline and be able to cover that outside zone, and especially once they boot off of that, you want to be able to run those quarterbacks down, like you're mentioning right there, for and, sure.
0: And with you, with you mentioning getsy you know, clearly he's—I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on it, but that's been an emphasis is the the screen game. You know, he's putting an emphasis on the screen game with this offense. And, you know, you look at them using tight ends in their running back room, you know, I I expect to see a lot of that uh, in this game. I don't know what you think about that, Clayton.
3: Yeah, and and really when it comes to the screen game, it's all about the hat count, in my opinion. You know, when you when you look out there and you say, OK, how are they lining up? You're, you're trying to everything with football is a numbers game. You're trying to get a plus one in every advantage. You know, on defense, you're trying to stay plus one. If they've got two receivers on one side of the field, you want a triangle approach. If they've got three options on that side of the field, you want a box approach Four defenders over three, three defenders over two. If that doesn't match up that way, then, yeah, you, you get a hat count you know you get a a plus one hat count advantage that's where the screen game comes in and that, and they do that a lot off of RPO but you're right this preseason they played a whole lot of screen a whole lot of screen game on offense and and even then man and I'm I'm not trying to pile on but when you seen Justin Fields throw those short passes it was horrendous right. like he right. couldn't even he couldn't accurately throw the ball on a bubble screen and it was like, man, this guy, he has not gotten better at throwing the football. Now, the regular season may hit and he may come out and play like gangbusters. I don't know. But, Jacob, let's try it again, buddy. Can you hear us?
1: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
3: We can. There's a little bit of a delay, a little bit of a delay. Give us your take on the game here in case you uh, you get disconnected again, Buck.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm sorry. We had a power outage last night, so I'm assuming that has to be you Going on here, Uh, but what I was looking at for my matchup is going to be Darnell Wright going against what would be a Rashawn Gary. Um, To me, I don't feel like that guy has any idea what he's in for. I think that even if he is a great tackle, which I I just don't quite know if he is, uh, but I don't think he's ready for it. Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary is a starved junkyard dog. that's had meat being dangled in front of him for like the last like six months as he's sitting here trying to get through this injury, and Justin Fields is like a t-bone steak, and this dude is ready to go. Like he is, like as soon as he's off the chain, he might break the chain. I don't know if they have it because it's talked uh, that they're going to maybe have him on limited snaps. I don't think that he's going to accept that. I feel like he's going to just—he wants to eat. That dog wants to eat.
3: Let that dog eat. Let him eat. And speaking of eating, just want to mention that this episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add flavor to your Packers watch parties. The sweet and tangy Dixie red sauce packs, a one-two punch with brown sugar and molasses, and the spicy Chicago fire sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. Complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe brisket and rib rubs. And for the ultimate tailgate experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering for you. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins will have your crowd cheering. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today for catering menus and to order their mouth-watering sauces and rubs. I want to pop this up here real quick. Uh, we've got an overlay bang. And again, this is uh, Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse. They're in five locations, Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Check them out on www.oldsouthernbarbecue.com. You guys have heard me talk about the Chicago fire sauce. It is absolutely phenomenal. So appreciate them supporting the show for sure. Um, John Schmidt here in the chat said, my worry is that Komet with the safeties, especially um, if Campbell is nursing an injury. You know, Cole Komet is probably one of the the bright spots on this offense. And I kind of had – I had Wright pulled up there for you, Jacob. I don't know if you can see it or not. You know, obviously there's no PFF uh, information. He's a top 10 pick out of Tennessee, 6'5", 335, big old boy. And when it comes to Rashawn Gary, I'm telling you guys – Go back and watch the Patriots game last year, and you could see how Rashawn Gary can wreck a game. But his defensive grade was an 82.9, his pass rush grade 83.0. Coverage grade is a 90.1 elite, but don't even focus on that. It's very seldom he's going to be dropping into coverage. But uh, the other thing about Rashawn Gary, a stat I heard, I think they said we were 22nd in the league in pressures without him. Before he got injured, we were 2nd in the league in pressures. So Rashawn Gary is going to play a huge, huge role in this game for sure. Now let's get back to what John Schmidt said here in the chat, which was asking about Cole Komet. So let's switch it back over to uh, yeah, okay, we're already there. Let's click on Cole Komet real quick. So Cole Komet offensive grade 67.6, receiving grade 66.1, run block grade 65.1. He's 260 out of Notre Dame. Um, I'm really not that concerned with Cole Komet. The main thing that I'm, you know, if it was another quarterback, yeah, that's six six two sixty, 260, and with his athleticism being, a, you know, a second-round pick might be something to worry about. With Justin Fields, though, again, my main defensive focus is make Fields beat you with the pass. Make him beat you with the pass. Do not let him run that zone read and and pressure that, you know, give a heavy box, shut down the run. They were first in the league in rushing, if I remember correctly. Is that how you remember it, Jacob? Were they first in the league in rushing?
2: Passion, drive, and patience. about seeing what you could potentially get right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash packdaddy. Wow. That's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash pack for 10% off your first purchase.
3: I believe they were. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Dynamite drop in. Yeah, we got a strong delay, man. We'll we'll get that straightened up for sure. Um, so yeah, to uh to kind of answer your uh or to respond to your comment there, John, I wouldn't worry so much about Comet uh simply because it's Justin Fields throwing in the ball. Now again, in my opinion, he's got to show us he can beat us with his arm. Until then, what I don't want to happen is us to come out and kind of place play it safe, expecting him to pass the ball and them you know, run the read option, run the zone read down our throat, Tim, that would be, I mean, that that would be like insanity, right? That'd be literally picking up right where we left off last year.
0: Absolutely. It's like, I almost wonder if we just tell our guys to just stay home, like on those plays, like, don't, don't crash. Just, yeah. just let them, just let them do what he's going to attempt to do. It's like, you see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what other game plan they can put together to really make a run at our defense, you know, other than kind of just doing what they've been doing and they haven't found much success. Um, but yeah, we cannot allow him to run rough shot on, on, yeah. on that day. just, we just can't let it happen. And, you know, I, I feel like if I see it more than once or twice, that's enough. Like we need to have a short leash when it comes to that. If, you know, you know, he's slippery, you know, he's going to get away. We're going to see, you know, chunk runs, right. Seven yard here or, you know a 12 yard here what we that's fine it's inevitable maybe but we can't have that all day long you know we gotta we have to make him try and throw the ball but we can't expect yeah. it like you said we can't expect that he's gonna do that so right
3: yeah for sure um let's see here dave's mx6 in the chat says sorry i'm li- late had a long birthday weekend lol hey happy birthday Happy birthday. I never know if it's a male or a female. So I'm just going to say happy birthday to you rather than man or ma'am. OK, so um, I definitely don't want to get into one of those arguments, but <laughs> let's move it along. Jacob, I know you're on a delay. So here's your warning. Start talking now. And I'm going to continue to ask you the question. How do you feel about the Packers offense? What do you think we're going to see offensively?
1: All right. Can you hear me? Is this? We got gotcha. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm I'm apologize. We had a lightning strike hit us, and my uh, power went out last night. So I'm assuming it has to be from that. Cause um, got it. What I what I thought was kind of interesting. I looked at the PFF, and I'm one of them elite subscribers, which just basically means they take my money most of the year, and I only look at it for like three months out of the year. But what that also means is that they have these. I didn't know that they do the they did projections. Did you know that, Clayton? I never actually saw that or PFF will oop, oop. PFF they they'll, uh, do a projection for the game. So for instance for the Green Bay versus uh Bears game, they have Jordan Love looking like he's going to pass for about 212 yards an average of 6.8 1.2 touchdowns and they say he's for sure throwing a pick. When you look at the uh the opposite side, I believe it was yeah, Justin Fields, they say he's going to be 15 to 24, 166, average 6.8 he's going to have 0.8 of a touchdown and 0.8 of an interception. So it's like, they really get into the analytics there. Like it's, it's to the decimal point kind of stuff there. But I yes. thought that was kind of interesting. And when you look at a lot of the, um, so my whole shtick is that I look at the, the gambling side of it, the fantasy football side of it. And I just can't believe that. Did you say that now the the line has shifted so that the bears are not minus one? Cause last time I looked at it, 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 it I suppose it depends on the site, but um to right, me man it does. I <laughs> like I, I hope that Bears fans are I hope they're prepared for like another at least ten years of just wallowing <laughs> in their own you know what because I, I really do think like Ryan talks about it all the time about like the odds of having three quarterbacks back to it's like no dude, it's literally a coin toss every time. That's not how Uh, math works. That's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to extend the equation to like, what's the scenario of, you know, a team having three quarterbacks back to back to back. Yeah. You could probably throw in an equation there and it's way more unlikely, but if it's just a coin flip, which is what every single draft pick is in, 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 in theory, right. Right. Like it's just 50, 50 and I'm sorry, but like, it's not a coincidence that these things keep happening to green Bay. It's not like it's just a, it's not a happen of chance. There are things that we've put in place that makes our organization prone to have good quarterbacks. Everything, every, you know, from Tom Clements to, to the way that we have quarterback coats. Uh, Matt is a freaking quarterback guru is kind of what his thing is. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm just really, 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 I, I can't say this enough. I'm excited. When you look at what the uh, PFF grade for G, uh, it doesn't give him the grade. <clears throat> But he does give Sean Clifford – I'm sorry, DFF gives gives Sean Clifford 18-and-a-half passing yards in that projection. So that to me means that the Packers won and Clifford (laughs) went in there for cleanup time, unless I'm the wrong way. yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah,
3: it's kind of weird how the analytics drop, and I understand they're punching a bunch of numbers into a computer and calling it good enough, right? But uh, Dave's, uh, Dave's MX6 in the chat says, I'm a guy. We'll hit this for you. I'm a man. I'm forty. There you go. All right, go ahead, Jacob. You had something else.
1: <laughs> no, I just uh, I was I had all these little points before I got my internet all messed up. But when I was looking at the PFF, just I want to look at certain matchups <clears throat> where we could win, where we'd have an advantage versus a disadvantage. I look at the offensive line for the Bears right now. Their left tackle is that Braxton Jones, I believe. Seventy-five point four grade. That's that's decent. I'm not gonna lie, that's that's a decent grade for you know left tackle. Um, their mm-hmm. left guard, not a bad grade either, 65.9. PFF had Lucas Patrick sliding into the, the center position. I, I'm not sure if if that means that um, what's his nuts is uh, not going to – Tevin, right? Tevin Jenkins, he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to make at least the first four weeks. And then that Where's right the other guy
0: they brought in? Didn't they just bring a guy in? I saw Feeney. What's his name? Dan, Dan Feeney. Uh, yeah. You got it. Yeah, Google Google Dan Feeney. It's one of the most killer mullets you'll ever see in <laughs> recent memory.
3: He get that Kentucky
0: waterfall flowing, bro. Oh man, perfectly, perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But I guess uh, Dan Feeney, they're 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 talking about him possibly being a center, so I I don't know.
3: Gotcha. Yeah, because what yeah, they're showing stuff. right here, Jacob, is Patrick, right? Lucas Patrick, as right. you see on the yeah. screen. Exactly. Yep. Mm. And
1: that's what I was looking yeah. at. And my guard was at that seventy point six, and then. Was it Darnell Wright, I believe, from Tennessee is what you said, the right tackle. Yeah, I mean, rookie right here. Look at who he's lined up against. Right. I
3: mean, he, he just, he's gonna he's gonna cut his teeth quick, isn't he? <laughs> he's gonna learn. He's gonna learn. He's gonna learn today. He's gonna <laughs> learn today. They're gonna they're saying, you know what? We've got a first round pick, and we're excited about matching him up against Bane Gary himself. And this is what I say. You
1: sure about that? You sure, <laughs> you sure about
3: that? We got Chad Ink in the, in the house it Says PTA Posse. Hey, I want to say a uh, shout out to Zane Strong. Just became the newest YouTube member of the PTA Posse. Thanks for joining, buddy. And that puts you in the uh, – enters you into the contest to win the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey that we're giving away during the post-game show immediately following the Packers-Bears game this week. Good stuff there. Um, this one right here cracks me up too. Zane coming in here with the good information. He said, Malik, he's not even on the roster yet on Madden. I wonder why. We need to get on Madden, dude. What's up with that? They don't they don't even know about Malik Heat yet. Don't even know.
0: 127 yards and two touchdowns in week one might change that. There you go. <laughs> that's your that's your prediction? No, that, I'm just I'm just talking.
3: <laughs> I'm just
0: talking. <laughs> I'm just talking. I love I'm it. just talking.
3: Eric Sutherland says 10 years, Jacob. I'm Ten years, Jacob, I want to see the Bears struggle till they they shovel dirt over me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Larry's like, all right, guys, get it back on track. Let's ask a serious question. He says, will our safeties be a concern in run support? Um, If last year was any indication, I would say yes, (laughs) right? Um, But, again, Adrian Amos was horrendous last year. And this was, if I remember correctly, uh, I think this – I can't remember if this was after Savage went to the slot or before Ford started, but nonetheless, let's look at them real quick as we pull them up. Rudy Ford's run defense grade was a fifty-eight point nine. Nothing to ride home about, right? Darnell Savage's was a fifty-six point three. Now, keep in mind, if we go big nickel, that's the reason we got Jonathan Owens. Jonathan Owens is one of the better tackling safeties. Um, you know that could come into play there as well. But again, I seen people over pursuing. You know, um, in run support, Larry. I think it's going to it's going to come down to basically loading the box and and making him beat us with the pass. Make it so so inconvenient for them to run the football that they're going to attempt the pass, that they can't pass up the opportunity to pass, but doing it with that with that cover 3 look, right? With still having people playing deep, you, you know, you're you're going to have you you're going to be willing to give up some of those intermediate passes without giving up the huge explosive play, but shut the run down. I would, I would feel totally okay with losing this game if we look back and go, you know what, Justin Fields just beat us through the air. He put it together. What I can't stand is for us to look back and go, why in the heck did we let them run all over us, right? Because everything suggests that Justin Fields is not a good passer of the football. I mean, let's pull it up real quick. Let's look at his grades here. And, and you can kind of see his overall offensive grade was a 70.2. His running grade was a 91.5. Guys, his passing grade last year, a 54.4, 54.4. Now, to put that into perspective, granted, a much less of a uh, a sample size, but let's look at Jordan Love, okay? Offense grade, 78.7, passing grade, 77.1. So we just need to – it's going to come down to all the things I always talk about And I know you guys get tired of hearing it because I get tired of saying it, but it's going to come down to winning the turnover differential, controlling the middle eight, pound on fields, especially on those design runs. When he runs the ball, I'm talking about make him wish he hadn't had to run the ball, period, case closed.
1: Have you guys talked about the possibility of like somebody like Quay Walker shadowing fields? Because I really hope it's something along those lines. I hope it – because if I swear, like if Joe Barry – Week one, let's Justin Fields, like you just talked about, beat us, not with his arm, not with his decision-making, but if he can just scramble away, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that will make me lose my ever-loving mind. So,
3: Like I was saying earlier, I think you were uh, you were offline when I said it. Um, they yeah. play a lot of double rack coverage, which is basically those, those short middle hook zones with our linebackers. And in that case – you want your eyes on fields the entire time. Now, like I was saying, Devondre Campbell was going to have a little more responsibility, especially when the tight end is on the right side of the formation, because he's going to have responsibility in covering the flat as well, unless you're playing some kind of spinner where the safety's going to cover, come down and cover the flat, which that could be the case, that you play with the safety in the box. That's exactly what I'm talking about, about playing with a heavy box, whether you're in big nickel or not. Um, but I think that that does free up Quay Walker, to be able to spy Justin Fields a little bit more in that double rat. And that's what you're looking for. I, I want to see Quay get his hands on Justin Fields one or two times. Right. I mean, just yeah, plaster him, dude. That's what I'm wanting to see. So uh, – Let's go to this chat here. We got mastermind in the chat it says our greatest asset is that we have a young quarterback. These young wideouts are going to feel more comfortable because they were intimidated by Rogers, stature. I think there was a little bit of that mastermind. Now, listen, I was a big Rogers fan. I still am. I don't hate Rogers. And if you choose to hate him, Hey, that's cool. But when I looked up last year, I didn't see a scenario where it's like, man, Rogers is the reason we're losing. I seen Rogers playing with a broken thumb. And he wasn't as accurate as he was in those first four weeks, where he was one percent higher than his career completion percentage of sixty five percent. He was actually sitting at sixty six percent. He breaks his thumb; it dips all the way down to sixty one, and then in that last stretch, he kind of turned it back up, and I think got back up to sixty four or sixty five percent. But you're exactly right with these young wideouts; you could tell they were playing scared, and rightfully so, man. You you know he demands excellence, and I know people are poking fun at the hard knocks. Go look look at Aaron; he's being a douche to these young receivers, and blah blah blah. Guys, when you have choice routes implemented into your offense, there is absolutely no room for mistake, none whatsoever. If you run the wrong route, he's not going to throw you the ball because if he throws you the ball when you're going to run a, run a wrong route, that's going to be an interception. And I, that, it always blew my mind that people couldn't understand it. It was just he doesn't trust his receivers, so he won't give them a chance. That You're missing the point. There was choice routes all over this offense. Nobody believed me. I don't want to say nobody. Many people were saying you're full of crap. You don't understand what you're talking about. And then what did Matt LaFleur come out and talk about earlier this camp? He talked about the F receiver. He talked about the flyer receiver and who can play in that spot. And he said, what's going to come down. There's a lot that goes into playing slot, playing F playing Z motion, because the, one of the things he said was, you know, do they, do they have the understanding enough of the offense to be able to run choice routes? It's exactly what we were talking about. So, When you talk about how Rodgers got upset because he didn't, quote-unquote, trust players, what you're basically saying is throw to him regardless. Okay, well, he's expecting him to run a post, and he ran a seam route, right? If Rodgers throws where he thinks he's going to be, okay, you want to trust him and throw the ball where the receiver isn't. This isn't Madden. You don't go, oh, yeah, he's open there. Let me hit that button. Everything is in anticipation. You've got to be on the same page. Now, the people that knock Rodgers for missing camp – for missing OTAs and saying you could have been on the page there. That's not really how it works, but I still think that's a fair argument because whether Rodgers is in camp or not, the receivers are still making the the correct or incorrect choice route decisions. Okay, It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Same thing with the hand signals. They said Jordan Love actually led the hand signals when Rodgers wasn't in OTAs, right? And it blows my mind because people are like, that's what I said immediately when, when Rodgers was trailing. I'm like, if you think – we're not we're no longer gonna see hand signals and we're no longer gonna see choice routes. You're setting yourself up to be very disappointed this year. Also with the RPO game, those decisions at the line of scrimmage. But yeah, to answer your question or to comment on your comment there, Mastermind, absolutely those receivers weren't playing loose with Aaron Rodgers. And they were I guarantee you they were playing partially scared for making mistakes. It doesn't seem like we got that this year. Jacob, we've talked about that, you know, at nauseum. I think that's gonna be a big factor, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that um <clears throat> Like, we, we, I think that uh, when you look at the group of wide receivers, what is six of them or whatever, their average age is like the oldest one is 25 or something like that. I think it's Samari Torre is the oldest of the six wide receivers. And it's, I mean, I, they're also twitchy. They're also like, I watched, uh, actually, today for the first time, I just was scrolling through YouTube, trying to find some content, looking through. And it was uh, Christian Watson. It was, it was from NFL studios. It was like every single, I don't remember what the necessarily the, uh, the adjective was, but it was like every single decent or every single noteworthy catch by Christian Watson. And it took like 12 minutes of just cut to cut to cut to cut to cut. To cut. And you can see from, from game to game, and the first one was the first drop, the deep ball to, um, to Watson, obviously, in the, in the Minnesota Viking game and then it's so funny because they clipped back to I, I believe it was right before the end of the second quarter or into the third and he made a great catch and the announcer before they clipped you know to the next little uh, uh to highlight was that this is the first time he's hit him since the first drop and it was like oh wow okay so rogers didn't even look at him or throw the ball to him for another like two quarters basically after that happened and we kind of saw maybe that he had his guys. Rogers had, you know, Lazard, um, those older vets, Cobb and you know, at the time, Watkins and those types of players. This year, it's not like that. We've got six guys that are raw. They're one or two-year players. They're all hungry as you know what. And they're all twitchy. They're all possession receivers in a certain way. They're all multifaceted like Christian Watson. Again, I watched that 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 review of him. It did not really understand as much as a Christian Watson fan I am, he's amazing. I mean, the guy is for how tall and lanky he is, he is just a freak of nature. The amount of end arounds we did with him was insane to me. Almost every single play when I watched it back, I could be like, oh uh Christian's in in motion right now we're gonna give him the ball. But the defense just didn't they didn't see it. And even if they did see it, he's so fast that if the linebacker or the cornerback thought that they had an angle on him, he would hit that corner and just turn up field and it was just like they couldn't catch him and I'm just yeah. so excited to see that again this year because we added obviously we still have Christian and then we add the wrinkle of Jane Reed and then I know the Dobbs is a little uh, mixed up right now with the hamstring it's a little bit concerning for me right now but I'm not really worried because I know that I have other guys like Torre and Wicks that are just waiting and they're again the they're so twitchy. They're so fast. These guys are really, really like. It's it's a humbling and kind of weird feeling to go into this season because if you look at it analytically, I should feel nervous. I should feel like we don't have a great quarterback. We don't. We have a young wide receiver group. We have an unsure, you know, secondary in the safety position. But at the same time, I almost feel like this could be a Super Bowl team. And I know that's a homer. I, I know that's a homer take. I'm just saying this team has the pieces. So, like, if Jordan Love can actually turn it on and then we have just a decent defense, that alone gives us 10 wins, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't think 10 is being unreasonable. I've told you guys from the get-go, I'm sitting somewhere between 6 and 10 wins. And uh, I'm, I'm really – am kind of narrowed it down between 8 and 10 now. That's me personally. I think that that's kind of where we're sitting uh, for sure. Let's see. Chad in the chat said, I really hope Matt LaFleur and Barry are planning to have Fields try to beat us with his arm and just shut down the run. That's kind of the way I feel about it as well. Freddie Roper says, Stokes and Alexander on the outside, Valentine in the slot, Douglas and Nixon at safety. Once Stokes is healthy, man, you may see some kind of crazy combination like that. Obviously, Stokes will be out to at least week four. That's for sure. Um Rok Beast in the chat said, "Did they change the game times? Game starting time? I thought it was a one o'clock kickoff. It is a three twenty-five central kickoff, right, Jacob?"
1: "Yeah, yeah." At least it's yeah.
0: "Tim, is that good. what you've got too?" "That's what I've got. I, yeah." "Okay." "I don't think you know, they're going to R- flex week one, right?"
3: "I don't know. <laughs> Rok might have more information than we do. We'll, we'll be sitting here on our couch waiting for the game to start, and it, it's already, <laughs> you know, in the fourth quarter, right?" <laughs> "That suck." Uh, "Let's see here." Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. What else we got? Cheesehead Murph in the chat. In game slash halftime adjustment were an issue last year. I hope the coaching staff had team building drills uh, like the players. Yeah, I-, I tell you, the coaching staff they need to step up big time. You know, one of the notes I've got here too. Cheesehead Murph, we're definitely on the same page. In big bold letters, I've got: Do not be aggressive on fourth downs. I got so frustrated last year watching them go for it on fourth down. You know, one of the reasons we lost that Detroit game that kept us out of the playoffs was because we went for it on fourth down on our side of the field. And it was just like, what the hell are we doing? Like, are we that scared of the Lions that we feel like, oh, we're not going to be able to stop them on offense? And the defense showed up and showed out. But those, those type of coaching mistakes are just oh, – it's horrible, man. Absolutely horrible. Chad in the chat says, I completely agree with the hand signals, Clayton. I think our offense has a better connection with Love rather than Rogers because Love was there during the mini camps and OTAs. We're going to find out, man. Um, I think there is something to that for sure. Love's just impressed the heck out of me, man. And and I was still hearing people kind of dog him a little bit and go, we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen anything. I'm going, are you not watching him command the offense? I don't care if it's preseason. Look at the way he gets in and out of the huddle. Look at the way he's making his re- – like everything within this offense, he looks comfortable in this offense. The way he turns his back on play-action boot. And I'm telling you, his athleticism is a little bit better than I expected it to be. And that's very exciting in my opinion. So uh, let's see what else we got here. Hopefully that did help there, Jeremiah. It was fuzzy, man. My screen, I've got this new monitor, and it's its insanely wide, and it makes some of the stuff I share a little fuzzy, so I apologize for that. Um, hopefully we got enough information to you guys to uh, to make it worthwhile. Let's see here. Jeffrey in the chat, Jacob, he says, the Packers have so much speed, even if they are kept in check most of the game, big plays are going to happen. I agree with that, and I'm going to tell you one one big play That I want to see. Like, let me just kind of lay out my offensive game plan. This is what I've got wrote down here. I want heavy 11 personnel. Okay. Heavy 11 personnel. And the reason being, I would flash this back up on the screen, but I don't want to do that again. If we go to their nickel sets, right. With their nickel sets and you look at across the board with their PFF. Matter of fact, I am going to share it, but I'm going to, I'm going to highlight some of this stuff where you guys can actually see what it's saying. Okay, let's go to their secondary. First of all, imagine us in an eleven set. I'm going to go left to right. Here's Watson down here, right? He's the far left receiver, okay? So he's going to be your X receiver. Your slot is going to be Jaden Reed. We know that's going to change from time to time, right? So when you look at attacking, what did we talk about, Jacob, Tim? We talked about attacking with the run to the left side. We've got David Bottiore at 79.8. Elton Jenkins is a 72.3. Their edge defender, Green's is a 62.4. Their interior defensive line that's going to play that one-to-three technique on the left side is a 45.8. Outside zone, outside zone, outside zone to the slot side, and then hammer boot action right. When you get boot action right, you got to watch for Edmonds, who had a great coverage grade, right? His coverage grade was a 90.0 last year. But what you're going to do is attack at three levels. You're going to see some of those slot crosses, some of those drive concepts. You're going to get Reed on a mid-layer. You're going to get Watson on a deep crosser. You're going to get Dobbs stretching the field down the sideline to clear everything out. And you're going to get Musgrave on a leak, zag, whatever you want to call it. We used to call them Dino's where they would come out in the flat, you're attacking at three levels while getting the defense once you establish a run to flow left as you boot right and attack at three levels. It's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel if they can follow through with that. So I think a heavy 11 personnel, right, run that outside zone left all day long. You've also got on that same side of the ball, I'm going to share it one more time, when you look at those corners on that side in the slot, you're going to have Gordon covering Reed at a 49.8 defensive grade. Right. And then you've got on the outside, on the boundary corner, Jalen Johnson at a sixty two point nine. His coverage grade was a sixty five point two. What I want you to imagine is start. Now you start to run a little inside zone RPO left. So you're going to force those corners on the left side to cover the quick RPO action. So if they start to buy once you keep hammering that that outside zone run, that inside zone run left and that corner, that nickel corner starts to creep into the box. Now you can fire that RPO out in the short game and attack the perimeter. So I really want to see that quick RPO game left, especially against that nickelback Gordon if he indeed is in the in the lineup at a 49.8 PFF grade. Boot right in levels just like we talked about. Make Edmonds choose. Are you going to play soft and cover the deeper crosser, or are you going to attack underneath, capitalize on yak, lean on the run, don't get too aggressive on fourth down, control the turnover differential, win the middle eight, and just pound them into submission. And, oh, by the way, bloody Justin Fields' nose all day long. That's what you need to do. So um, we're at the 58-minute mark. Let's wrap this big bear up. Jacob, parting thoughts, anything else you wanted to cover as far as this matchup?
1: I mean, I guess, do you think so? (laughs) Typically the Bears are running that 4-3 typical defense. Is that correct?
3: they run let's let's look at their base real quick let me pull it up because here the reason
1: i ask is that they signed what is it, Tremaine Edwards and uh or no uh, the two linebackers that they signed Edwards and Edmonds, yeah thank you thank you okay so is it that much like i i just don't understand the rationale of the bears fans being like oh man we just secured our linebacker group which i get like you know going back to Erlacher and if you want to talk about uh Roquan or whoever the Bears are known for their linebacking, court. but what has that got you? Like, where, what, what has that shown for you? Like, are you? I'm just trying to put my head in in a in the Bears I'll, field I'll, in I'll, head and say,
3: I'll, this I'll explain be- why why it's important with this deal. I don't mean to cut you off, but when it comes to Iberflus's defense, he came over from Indianapolis. Indianapolis runs a lot of four three zone defense. Okay, and it's. It's very, very important to have great coverage linebackers in that defense. I know a lot of people like to shun that goal. Oh, all you did was sign linebackers, you you know, silly you. All defenses are different. They're all – like like with us, the linebacking position, in my opinion, isn't as important because you play quarters coverage. They don't play a lot of quarters coverage. They play a lot of zone – a lot of cover three and cover two zone. So your linebackers need to cover. So when you look at Edwards, who they signed, coverage grade 78.4, Right. And Edmonds coverage grade 90.0. So basically, Jacob, you know how sometimes uh, a a regime, you know, a coaching staff will be okay. Well, they don't have their court. Now they got their quarterback. Now, okay they're trying to protect their job. They go out and get a quarterback, a, you know, a, a solid starting quarterback. Okay. This is kind of the last ditch effort here, right? You know, sometimes when you draft a young player at quarterback, well, that gives him three or four years because he's got to develop and the ownership understands that. I kind of feel like with Eberflus it's like, look, this might be my last shot. If we have another crappy year, I might be out of the job. Let me go get backers that can run my defense. So I don't think it's a coincidence. They went out and got two, two, two linebackers that can cover. And those are going to be their two nickel linebackers. So, I'm not one of the Packer fans that that bash that move, going, "Oh, that's so stupid signing a linebacker." It's probably the most important aspect outside of edge defenders um, in that eberflus style defense that came over from Indianapolis. You you guys remember when they had that solid defense in Indianapolis two years ago when that got Eberflus the head coaching job? Who was who was he was in the running for defensive MVP? It was Shaq Leonard, right? He was an elite pass coverage balanced linebacker in the middle. And that really plays into that defense. But the problem is who, who's going to rush the edge for them, right? That's the big thing. Because when you look at their PFF on the edge, and, and, you know, again, even in their in their base, you're going to have Walker at a 72.8, and you got Jones at a 45.8. You've got uh, Billings at a 76.4. And then on the edge on the other side, you've got Inyakwe that was a 51.4, right? Like, I- I'm telling you, we need to attack yeah. the edges. Yeah. So, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to point that out about the linebackers because, you know, it's just not that you're saying everything's universal, but I've heard many people just go, oh, that's so stupid signing a linebacker. Well, every defense is, you know, just a little bit different. Um, and the only reason I know is because I studied the hell out of their defense last offseason. I came away going, their backers suck. Their defense is going to suck. And it did. Right. So, I'm kind of holding back a little bit this year, going, eh, let's see, let's see how it plays out because they did get co- good coverage backers in the offseason. So, um, anyway, anything else, Jacob, you got boy, sorry about that.
1: No, that's, that's literally what we do this for is, uh, to break that kind of stuff down. I guess the only other thing is the, um, I just, I can't believe that we're within. Do you guys, do you want to go live Thursday night while there's a game going on? What are we thinking about doing that?
3: Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Right. I'm cool with it's it. kind of
1: fun, right? We can kind of talk about it as it's hitting
3: and, and uh, yeah, cause it's the lions game, right?
1: Lions, yeah, Lions. It's a, a NFC divisional matchup there going against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that has to tell you guys something that the NFL thinks that the Lions have a little bit of pack, like a little bit of power packed up there, that they're gonna put them against the Chiefs on the opening. <laughs> it, they they have to think they have a, a high potent offense, I have to believe, right? Am I crazy? Or else they just wanna lay them out to slaughter
3: like <laughs> just yeah, it, it was kind of a unique one, you know, because they're, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do their ring ceremony, Tim, out there in Kansas City. They're, you know, they're going to be kind of unveiling all of that stuff. And they're probably thinking, well, the Lions was one of the more popular teams last year. And, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and poke fun at the Lions, but they finished as strong as anyone in the league last year. They really did. So they had one of the best offenses. That's what was so frustrating about those two matchups between the Packers and the Bears, because it was our offense that let us down and the defense rose to the occasion and stopped one of the best offenses in the league. But uh, Tim, you got anything else, buddy? And are you cool with going live Thursday with us as we watch a little bit of Lions and uh, and talk Bear or talk Packers ball here?
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely for Thursday for sure. Yeah, um, and I guess parting thoughts uh, for this this Bears matchup week one. Um, we talked about um, not getting beat with the run. We talked about making Fields throw the ball. Um, just one little. Thing to throw in at the end. Uh, clearly, in Chicago, it is running back by committee when it comes to their running back room. I believe it's uh, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Freeman, and uh, Rashawn Johnson. Rashawn Johnson. So there's not really. Uh, is there? There's not really like a, you know, a true RB one. So I feel like we have to remember too that that's just as much of a point of emphasis is that. You know, they could turn and hand the ball off a bunch too. So we have to be ready for that. Uh, and also using these running backs in that screen game, like we talked about, uh, Getsky making that emphasis. Um, you know, blocking tight ends, you know, Bob Tunyon, uh, Mercedes Lewis, you know. So we got to be prepared for, you know, multiple facets of the game uh, when we go into Chicago. And we're going to be in a harsh environment. We're on the road week one. Uh, as a fan, I couldn't ask for a better scenario to test our young team right out of the gate, divisional matchup, on the road, put your big boy pants on, welcome to the NFL. And, you know, that's a great way to start the year. So this game is really going to be a tone setter, really, for both of these teams, if you think about it. This is a huge game for both of these teams just to get this season kicked off. So I'm excited, guys, looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. I'm looking forward to Thursday night, too, watching a little ball and talking – Talking Packers while we do it. Um, let's see here. We're going to finish up in the chat real quick. Whiskey 61, coolest name in the chat tonight, hands down. Said, "Uh, we spent way too much money on defense and special teams to not play the field position game. A freaking man, Whiskey. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever that you would be aggressive on fourth down like we were last year. Just And, and a lot of people like to blame Rodgers. It could have been the case. But every time that we didn't get it on fourth down, Rodgers is coming to the sideline pissed off. And Matt LaFleur looks confused. I'm going, you're the head coach. You can choose whether we go for it on fourth down or not. If you don't like it, then sit him on the bench. You know, It's it's, it's big boy time, right? (laughs) Let's see. Mastermind in the chat says, do you guys realize how many jealous people are praying the Packers finally have a crappy quarterback, but Love is the third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row? I'm not there yet, Mastermind, but if he is, dude. I did a chalk talk earlier today. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, we went into the vault and did the 92 Packers uh, matchup against the Bengals where Favre came in off the bench. You know, we like to – Convince ourselves and pretend that Favre was just this Hall of Famer right from the get go. He, f- I think he fumbled in that game. It was either five or six times he fumbled himself, right? <laughs> and then just put together two great drives at the end of the game, wins the ball game, you know? So, you know, there's going to be growing pains, but one thing's for sure, I think that Love will be way more equipped, way more prepared than Favre was in his first start because he just got thrust out there like a wild stallion. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Number one Packer fan said, how's the Bears defense all around? Um, I think they've got a, a mediocre defense. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. Um, again, I like those signings with the linebackers based off what Eberflus likes to do. We're just going to have to kind of see how it unfolds. Larry in the chat. Thanks, guys. I learned so much about concepts and strategy from you. R. Larry, you make this show better, buddy. We Every time you're in the chat, man, it, it lights up, dude. You've always got something positive to say you always come with a good take and when we're acting like a bunch of knuckleheads you always get it back on track that's for sure so we appreciate Thanks, you buddy. being in here <laughs> yeah let's see eric in the chat says uh, bears got a couple good linebackers to go with horrible edge rushers and db's good luck that's <laughs> that's the point i'm making man those that edge room looks horrendous yeah. i mean horrendous marbly in the chat uh, heck yeah! I'm going to watch the game with my family, but I'll leave you guys on to help the numbers. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> nice. Of course, Cheesehead Murph said, "Live film study." Hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This oh, might Marv. be my favorite comment of the night. Eric Sutherland, Lions crying. The ref screwed us since 1958. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. All right. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I think we've changed the world in here tonight, so we're (laughs) going to get out. And uh, I do want to say this. Right before we go, though, just one quick message to everyone. Let's hit it one time.
2: The Bears still suck.
3: There you go. So thanks to everyone in the chat for hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. and Go Pack up. The power sweep. Lee, it's, the, it's
1: the lead play in our, in our offense. Come on a tackle, you take the defensive enemies over and if you you drive down the first
0: man who is inside. You pull back and jump him, take the first man outside the
1: offense No one shows, you go right by them and feel them back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play. What we're we'll trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.